never been to Baltimore, but sure she knows my name. Said I ain't never been to Baltimore, but sure she knows my name. Sun comes around, you know I still feel the same. Welcome to the Georgia Songbirds podcast, brought to you by Anchor FM, Yes Ma'am Music, Cherokee Music Center, and brought to you live at the Oak House here in Canton with special guest. Greg Drews. Is it Greg Drews and the Truth, or is it G. Drew and the Truth? Well, individually, I'm Greg Drews as a songwriter, but G. Drews and the Truth is the trio that you're going to hear tonight here. Yeah. At the Introduce yourself. Go right ahead. So, yeah, um, let's see. I grew up in Texas, um, and I lived here in Atlanta before, moved out to L.A., spent 10 years in L.A., and I've been back in Atlanta now four years. And I've always been a songwriter, always a guitarist, um, and mainly acoustic. Mm-hmm. So... First time I was here in Atlanta, it was a bit of a different scene. I was in the hard rock scene, and I played like Masquerade and Ten High and those type of places. Uh, yeah, that's rock little, bands, you know. A little different. But um, and my time in in LA um, was was interesting because you had to pay to play. So all these places, you know, you'd have to pay a hundred, hundred fifty bucks just to get seen, you know. So I stopped playing in rock bands and started uh, sitting around fire pits and playing acoustic guitar. And these songs that uh, are part of this album that I'm releasing tonight are all just fire pit based songs that I've devised in the last 10, 11 years, 12 years. So you had to pay on top of, did you even get paid when you were? You know, no, you had to pay for exposure basically because there were going to wow. be industry reps out there. And okay. it's almost like, and it wasn't necessarily like on the strip, like, you know, the whiskey or any of these joints. It mm-hmm. was just in general in town to be heard. You had to, there's just so much talent in town. Everybody wants a shot. So these waiters and waitresses would save up their cash and, you know, Spend it and blow it on performing, which is really weird, you know. Now, is it like Nashville? You get like one song and that's it. Yeah, one and done. So 150 and one and done. Yep, and they're kind sometimes if you're a band, you know, because of the setup, they'll give you a two maybe, but okay. that's it. I mean, you got to impress or you're out. Wow, that's yeah. that's crazy. And what it is is too, a lot of bands end up playing new material, or um, because they don't want to play the same songs over and over again. They want to be seen as prolific, you mm-hmm. know, so they'll demo stuff. Okay. just to see if it gets any legs and sometimes even change their sound based on the feedback they get because the reps will tell you the a and r reps right. you know what they hear what they don't hear you know yeah. missing something or you know so i avoided that scene like <laughs> i don't blame you i've yeah. been to california a couple times mm-hmm. um my la experience is i would got in la me and my son i took a father-son trip out there with him yeah and uh we went to that flew into la and then we were going to like san francisco and then we drove the 101. Oh, that's the best. Uh, San Diego, the whole trip. Oh, that's it. And yep. on the way back, flying into L.A., with the, uh, it was rain in Dallas or something, so it got uh-huh. delayed. The flight got delayed. Mm-hmm. So I'm sleeping in the airport with my son. He's about 10 years old. So I said, you go to sleep, son. I stayed awake the whole time while he oh, slept geez. in my lap in the airport. Yeah. So that was my L.A. experience. So. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, <laughs> it's a beautiful city. We lived at the beach. We lived at Venice Beach, you know, Muscle Beach. Oh. It was a really cool experience. Both my kids were born in Santa Monica Hospital, and uh, we had a nanny at the time. The nanny would take them to the beach every day, so that was their playground, their, their sandbox, you know. We got on the beach in San Diego, and oh, I was like, "Oh, it's so gorgeous out here! It's like yeah. 76 degrees the whole time." We stepped in that water, and Frigid. it was so cold. Yeah, let me tell you, like, so I did some. Sur- I learned to surf out there. I mean, growing okay. up in Texas, I didn't learn to surf, but right, but I learned. <laughs> if you live that close to the beach, you need to. Uh-huh. Uh, and so here we're 
people may on the weekends get a golf game or maybe they'll go hunting or fishing or something like that. Mm-hmm. There are people go surfing. The guys would come pick me up on Saturday morning. We'd go up to Malibu and surf and, and come back. But, uh, but the water's cold. The warmest it ever got was like 70 in the mm-hmm. dead of summer, but mostly in the winter. And we were surfing in February. It's 50 degrees. Wow. Okay. Water. So you got to wear a wetsuit with booties, neoprene <laughs> booties and everything. Yeah. So I got all that. I've wanted to learn to surf, but I think I'm, I'm too old now to worry about it. Well, no, you got an option now because they've got stand-up paddle. You know, the SUV. Oh, the you can SUV. do that while you surf. So if the waves are gentle enough, you can. You don't have to worry about the pop-up or any of that. You should I, try it. I would always like body surf or do like the knee boards and stuff when best. I was a kid. That was fun. Yeah, well, we just did spring break down in St. Augustine. I'd never done the Atlantic side of Florida, really? and uh, I brought my... They, full wetsuits, and then they've got spring jackets. I brought my spring jacket. It was, the water was 63, so it was a little bit of cold. But my son and I were just uh, boogie boarding and body surfing. And yeah. We spent so much time in the water. It was the best. My uh, oldest is 22. He's the one I took, and I've got nine-year-old twins. And they have they won't go in the ocean right now because I, <laughs> I let them watch Jaws. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> but they won't yeah. go in, so they're so scared of the water. Yeah, yeah. They'll swim, and they go to lakes and everything like that. But right. like, uh, they'll step at the beach, and that's as far as they want to go. <laughs> like, there's a shark. I know it. There's a well, shark there. you know, that's a bit of a reality. I, I was paranoid about sharks, too. I almost feel like there's eyes watching you, mm-hmm. and you see a weird shadow, and it freaks you out. Oh, I mean, yeah. out there in L.A., there's great whites. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have friends that live in Solana Beach, which is the north side of San Diego, like Encinitas, um, La Jolla area. And the beach that I went surfing and basically learned how to surf down there, some guy got chopped in half by a 16-foot great white. So they, just swimming. Really? So they exist out there. I mean, these things are dinosaurs in the water, you know? It's, it's crazy. <laughs> so, I mean, when I hear something like that that's close to home, it's pretty scary, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but I didn't. I try, you try not to think about it. <laughs> just have some fun, you know? Right. It's like hunting in the woods with bears. Exactly. They're, they're there. It's exactly like that, yeah. We've got uh, bears where I live. I live here in Canton. I've been in Canton for... 30-something years. Oh, wow. So we've got uh, black bears behind the house. Yeah. I've seen them. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen a grizzly yet, but we used to have, uh, when I was younger, there's like a wild boar. And oh, those are dangerous. We had a yeah. wild dog that we had to keep away from because it tried to go after it. Oh, yeah. And then there, one year, there was like 100 wild turkeys. So it was just running across the hills of the house. Awesome. It was it was cool. Yeah, North Georgia is really, a, that's a good segue, and what I want to, I want to talk to you about is uh, North Georgia for me is enchanting because like, L.A. is very concrete, and you have the beach, but mm-hmm. you can't get... And I love to fish. I fly fish and love trout fishing. Okay. So I moved here, and I fish in the Chattahoochee a lot. Well, I discovered Blue Ridge in the Toccoa River and nice. the trophy waters up there and um, found this house on the Toccoa River in Blue Ridge that I, since I moved back in 2014, late 2014, mm-hmm. have rented six times. Okay. Uh, have never met the owners except for tonight when they're going to be here because I recorded this album in their house. And I wrote many of the songs for this album in that house. Okay. And what I, we would do is, what we did in that session was set up the mics on Thursday. Friday, February 1st was my birthday. So I brought five of my buddies to help me do the whole thing, you know. Three, two of them were playing on it. We set up the mics and then spent the whole weekend just hanging out fishing, doing fire pits and stuff like that. And then when we felt like recording song, we came in and tracked. We ended up with seven hours of live material, live track. Nice. And the the house had a 25-foot um, chamber, uh, a garage door that opens from the floor all the way to the top. And I set a mic up there about 20 feet up and got natural reverb echo and mixed it into the to the live mix. It was probably the most organic way. I mean, I've been like you, I've been making music since I was 19, mm-hmm. um, many years. <laughs> 
25 years. So how did you get started doing that? You uh, said you were 19. How did you start making music? Man, um, I've been playing guitar actually since I was seven, but I didn't really start writing songs uh, until I was 19. I did my first album at 19 in my dorm room in college and uh, single tracked it. I've always been big on live recording because I thought if I could get a good performance down mm -hmm. on tape, then I can perform it live. Like there's nothing, I can replicate what I have on tape in a live performance. It's pretty easy to do that, right. you know? So I've always been live track, four tracks and stuff like that, playing around with little Fostex back in the day, you know? And yeah, I mean, I've, I, I've, it's been a thing. I got into digital recording in like the early 2000s. And since then, it, you know, I've always been recording on machines. I lived in Atlanta before, had a semi-professional recording studio and record bands and built out my basement to have a live room and a control room and a room within a room so I could like play a Marshall's half stack at 4 a.m. and my neighbors wouldn't hear it, you know, sound <laughs> isolation. So I have all that gear, so when I moved back here, I broke out all that gear again and started doing what I'm doing now, but it's just part of me. It's uh, the, I cook dinner, clean up the dishes, kids go to bed, and I write music every night. Now, life. I bet you have the same problem I do. Do you yeah. start writing and then the kids come running in, or you just wait to do it at night? No, you know, so I wait, you yeah, know, I do that because uh, I do my day job, and uh, then I'll come home and I'll cook. Uh, a lot of times I work from home, too, which makes it easy, but I'll be thinking about a song all day long. Even when I'm cooking and doing my thing. My <laughs> wife doesn't cook, so I do, well, she does some, but I do most of the cooking. And then she puts the kids to bed about eight, and then I get my time. Eight okay. to nine or something, I get in there and I work for three hours every night and just get it out. That's good. Some of it's good, some of it's half done, some of it's not so good. <laughs> but at least you're getting it done, right? Yeah, you're getting it out. But all day long, that's the exciting part. Like all day long, I'm thinking about, oh, that's an idea, you know? Yeah. And then and to do your kids brought, I know my kids give me ideas too. Oh, my kid. Well, so I've started the music that I'm doing now. I would describe it as like fire pit music. Mm -hmm. um, very sing along. It's supposed to be pretty simple stuff. Okay. Uh, and it's supposed to be very portable. Like I can, we, we did a block party in East Atlanta where we played the middle street. Nice. And that was in October. And I had the kids come. My son played viola on one of my songs, Baltimore. My daughter sang uh, on another one of my songs. She's uh first grader <laughs> she sang with me but they're very much part of my music like they know all the songs and uh, that's what we do you that's kind of the house I grew up in was a lot of singing we were, it was all church of course so I started that's singing a lot of people that I hear yeah. that's kind of their, their natural thread yeah. and it's like how did I get into it because I'm yeah. not a church person at all I'm more uh -huh. like the heathen side uh -huh. you know my dad was a biker uh -huh. and well, that was kind of music. That's a religion. The uh, only thing that we had for music was like the bonfire parties. Uh -huh. We're out there passing the guitar, but usually somebody yeah. fell in the fire and they had to take them hospital parties over. So yeah. that's kind of when I grew up playing. Yeah, so, yeah. That was a little bit of a hybrid for me in Texas. Um, we always had um, my uncle, most of my family, San Antonio and Waco area. Mm -hmm. right, so in San Antonio, he would do barbecues and would do a brisket for like 12 hours. But while the brisket was going, he had a little side. Uh, pit that was trying to get the wood ready to go in the smoker uh -huh. and we'd be sitting around singing songs around that all day long oh yeah that. and that but you know we started singing in church and um, I think that's just where I picked up melodies and harmonies and stuff like nice. that it's just easy to do that you know in church right, well, let's hear one of them you want to hear one yeah right. I, I've got a uh, little plug-in right there for you I like I have another song called Baltimore I like to write about cities and traveling and I was gonna ask that yeah, I, yeah. I looked you up when I started doing these interviews like mm -hmm. oh, well, I want to make sure I have some information on everybody that uh -huh. I'm doing <laughs> I was like oh he's got like cities he likes to write about cities yeah <laughs> I do um I like that concept uh I think that's lost of the the kind of the Woody Guffrey traveling mm -hmm. they used to jump on trains and I think Johnny Cash kind of had that sound it almost sounded like a train with right 
I don't know. My music is kind of rootsy and folky in that, in that, and soulful kind mm-hmm. of in that way. And uh, uh, journeys, you know, just traveling. I mean, I've traveled a lot. I lived abroad. And I lived in France for a couple of years, and I became really fond after my. I was in my early twenties in France. Came back and really respected the diversity and the different cultures we have in this country. I've been to Paris once. Yeah. And I tell you, we got off the train station. It was a shock. I mean, it oh, was it's intense. It was nasty. Yeah, it was nothing like you would see on TV. No, it's it's not. And I was over there a really crazy time where there were a lot of train bombings. There mm-hmm. were separatists from North Af- North Africa that were trying to get out. It was a really freaky time to be there, you know? Yeah. Um, but that was my main transportation as I rode around the trains. But the cool thing about the me- Metro in Paris is all the performers. Yeah. There's all these street performers, you know, that get on there, Madame's Monsieur Bonsoir, Je m'appelle Grégoire, and then they'll do their bit. <laughs> and they'll walk around with a hat. Right. And sometimes militant, you know, expecting for a tip, but, you know, I never did that, but I hung out with some people who did. So My wife is from Germany. Oh, okay. uh, so she, she when she gets mad at me, she cusses me out in German. I don't know what she's That's saying. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> but we went to uh, Germany. We stayed there to see her Oma, and then uh, we went to Paris by the train. Uh-huh. And uh, just getting a bike, and watching everybody. That's all they do. That's how they the major transportation yeah. is through trains. Oh man, there. it is such a artery. That's the way to get around. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, as a student too, I just, I mean, I didn't have a lot of money, so I just rode the trains all the time, and that oh, was great. You could stay out late. They run pretty late too, which is convenient for a student we just always walk to the bakeries in the morning too like, oh, I don't know about France the fresh bread yes Germany can't beat that baguette you know jeez her uh, uncle had a little uh, go-kart car because he had his license revoked so he's oh. riding around in like a little go he yeah. took a lawnmower engine and put in a little car and so he's Hilarious. riding around great guy but <laughs> I, like I said we'll get sidetracked here in a second go ahead and play mm. some music for us Greg I love a sidetrack this one's called Austin
the backseat of a two-seater plane Lately it just seems so easy To just find yourself and give it away So how did you come up with that song? Um, I'd been playing, I wanted to play something starting in F. I mean, I capo a lot, so it's not necessarily an F, but with an F chord right. as a root. Uh, and I'd been playing like an FC, kind of like an FGC progression, and it mm -hmm. became sort of this cascade down, and I had the minor to fall on. And it, I, I actually, what took that song over was the picking. Originally, I'd been finger picking it like this. It didn't have the same sort of. That's how it was originally, but I think with a pick, you get a little bit more emphasis on some yeah. of those down strums, and you notice in those sections like trying to get as much of a flat sort of stroke across as right. I can to get more percussive on it, you know. Because when I play it with Jeter's and the Truth, um, Chris Nosek plays behind me on a cajon. So we go real minimal. And he's going to have a snare tonight and a ride, but it's uh -huh. a snare, a ride, a cajon that he sits on. Sometimes he'll tap on it, sometimes he'll just okay. use the kick on it. He's got one of those kick levers. So I needed. I like to have as much percussive element on the guitar as I can. You know? Most yeah. of these songs, actually, I probably wrote finger-picking, but I transitioned them into a pick just to get more rhythm out of it. That's how I learned to play was finger-picking. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. a complete opposite, and then I learned yeah. to do this drumming part. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I did, like most kids, I think, always been a metal fan. I mean, I think I, I started playing guitar because of Iron Maiden. Like, <laughs> Iron I Maiden. was really a Maiden, Maiden fan and a Metallica fan and um, just a metalhead kid. And this, so I remember <laughs> I saw this guitar. Actually, I wanted to play bass. Mm -hmm. And I, I had this uh, an eye on this guitar in this pawn shop. It was 100 bucks, and this is in Dallas. And I was about 14, 13, 13. Mm -hmm. My uh, my dad took me to go buy it because I finally saved up enough money from cutting grass, and he's like, "You shouldn't get that bass. You should get a guitar so you can write some songs." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, come on, Dad! I really want to play the bass lines, you know." Mm -hmm. And he goes, "Now get that electric." And so uh, I, he probably keyed. I would probably have been a perpetual bassist, you know. But but strange segue is um, right before I started writing these batch of songs that actually coalesced into the actual album. I was playing, writing a lot of songs on bass. Okay. And I had two singles up on Spotify, iTunes, all the stores, right? Mm -hmm. Google Play, Amazon. That I wrote on bass that are more soul. Okay. Motown. Motown. But I wrote the I wrote them on bass so they have a jump and a funk to them, you know. Yep. Um, so after this set of songs, there's another set of songs coming in that are going to be soul, and I'll probably end up on that album playing bass and have some of my friends play. Damn. The beauty of Jeter's and the Truth is, is that yeah, I'm Jeter's, but the Truth is a rotating circle of friends so the truth cool. is these 
songwriters and musicians I know that are aplenty. <laughs> yes. Here, you know. They are able, like, so I've been writing for a while too, and yeah. it's better to write with somebody because oh, man. you get more out of it. There's almost so much experience you have. Yeah. I mean, even yours, where you've been in LA and you've been all over, yeah. there's certain views that you'll get from other people. Absolutely. I learned so much. I mean, we're playing with other artists and everything from their vocal technique to their guitar technique to their mm -hmm. songwriting technique. I'm, I'm, I'm doing one of these, uh, I'm trying to do this, and Greg actually, Greg Shaddix actually tipped me off to, he's going to hold me to it. Is I'm gonna do these fire pit sessions on okay. video and put on YouTube. I'm gonna get a couple songwriters together with half written songs Have written. and try to write songs together around a fire. And part of it is the camaraderie, part of it is the amazing talent I see around. Okay. Part of it is I know we're gonna come up with awesome footage, awesome songs that we can all sing. Yep. You know what I mean? And it be even more awesome if, if at the end of the series, if I can actually turn it into a show. Where all the songs that are written around that fire pit can be played, you know. Count me in. So, I'll be more than happy right to play. Right on. I'll have to get your. Yeah, I, I, I love, love writing that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, I mean, so there's something very um, primal about sitting around the fire pit yep. and playing music, and we all have done that and all love it. But maybe just a lot of times we're playing in clubs, mm -hmm. and you don't get an opportunity to do it in an organic environment. You know? We did a um, Keith. This guy I met uh, Keith Burns from Trick Pony. Mm -hmm. He did a Dreamers in the Round in Blue Ridge, and mm -hmm. I went up there and did the. Um, did the workshop with him and I met him and I met Steve Dean and me and Steve wrote a song mm -hmm. and then uh, I went to Nashville and wrote a song with Keith that's actually on hold and we did a campfire thing like that and yeah. that's the first time I ever did a campfire oh, so yeah. he hands me the guitar and I start playing you know Sweet Home Alabama <laughs> yeah. he's, he's like Jesse you supposed to play your song like, well, you didn't tell me that you handed me a guitar by no, a fire yeah. and drinking beer what's the, what we expect will come out of you? yeah 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 so. it's just like if you go in a guitar store and you pick up a guitar you play you play your riffs right and right or stairway to heaven yeah yeah because <laughs> of Wayne's World yeah it's so true it's so true I've got my kids watching Wayne's World now they they love it oh man I haven't I haven't I was thinking my son is uh He's a sixth grader. He's 11. Mm -hmm. When do I introduce him to Beavis and Butthead? Because it's a little, <laughs> you know, crass, yeah. but, but it's also hilarious. And as a kid, I mean, I just thought that that was the funniest thing yeah. you know, in the world. I think he's ready for it. That's better than what a lot of the stuff is. It is, if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my, funny stuff. <laughs> my kids watch YouTube, and I, I make them stop. Dude. I said, you can't watch that stuff. It's just too stupid. It's, it's stupid, and it's also look at me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's very... Um, Self-centric. I mean, yes. you know, and self-absorbed. Right? That's probably the right way. Not to be judgmental. It's just, it seems like you got to be the loudest and the craziest to get the right viewer count that you want to get. Right, and know. it loses translation when you try to do that. I my, think so. My little girl said, "Daddy, I want to do a video." I was like, "Why?" I said, "You're nine years old." I said, "Nobody's going to watch it but your friends." And if there's adult men watching it, then we got a problem anyway. Well, I worry about that too. You have I hate to. to say that, but like, that's some scary stuff. You have to. Yeah. My wife works for the sheriff's office, so I mean, I know the people that are coming in and out of the county. Yeah. And uh, that's we met that way. You know, my sister introduced us, and I always I wrote a song about that. That they brought me in handcuffs because I tell everybody that's how that she met me. They brought me in handcuffs, <laughs> and she fell in love. Oh. But she tells me all these people that are coming in, and what they're doing for kid to kids and stuff, and it's horrible. Yeah, that is. Well, and it's everywhere. Yeah. It is. So I mean, crazy we both stuff. got kids. Mine, like I said, they're young, so you got to you always got to watch them. Well. Uh, it's the balance between being overprotective and being calling a name there. Right, right. right. <laughs> hey, I'm not up yet. Um, and, and just making sure that you know you're keeping locks on what they're doing, especially mm -hmm. with everything being everything being so ungoverned, governed. Yeah. But now, like, used to be, I think network TV they had limits, right? So if you mm -hmm. do something stupid on that, 
they're going to blow the whistle on your major network fine. They're going to bleep you out because right. of that delay when they edit it and it actually goes live. Right. But this is unadulterated, man. From edit from video to video, I have no idea what they're going to watch. Right. You know? They have like a YouTube Kids that I'll, I'll let them watch because it's like baking shows and stuff like that. Oh, but yeah. even that, I'll keep an eye on it uh-huh. because you never know what they're going to put across. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you want art- artistic license, so I get that. And I'm all for uh, having zones maybe of that information. You know, if you're if you're looking for that kind of content, you should get it. But at the same time, I got to keep it away from my. Yeah, you know, I, I always tell my wife that it's funny because when I had a I had, I had a boy, I was I was young when I had a kid, but I always tell like every other boy, you know. Yeah. And so now I have a girl, and that's God's way of laughing back at me for for having <laughs> yeah, well, raising hell when I was little. Like now you're gonna have a, and she acts just like me. Well, you know, like uh, my daughter and I. Here's the example. I think like her perspective on life is very similar to my, mine. We just went for vacation, like I said, in St. Okay. Augustine, and uh, we go to the, visit the old fort. And she wants to check out all the rooms, read all the signs about yeah. the history. We're both history buffs, and like look out through all the portals and all that sort of stuff. My wife and my son are just like, seen it, we're out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but we have that thing. We have that daddy daughter bond special. You know? That is. Really that is amazing. yes. <laughs> I tell my wife, she know the only unconditional love you will find is with your kids. Oh my goodness. So you have to, you have to take care of yeah, them. I'm so with that, yeah. But yeah. We, like I said, we get sidetracked on all kinds of other oh, that's stuff. That's a good thing. I like that. So I, I like, and I you do a campfire songs. You talk about campfires sitting around and get your kids involved. Yeah. I've got mine involved in one song. Like so my son's name is Gibson. I named him after my guitar. Right on. Uh, and so they will sing harmony on one song, and I got to drag them up there. But you put him on a dance competition in front of the school, and mm-hmm. he actually did it, and the boy can dance. Wow. But I'm like, you can't sing? You don't get to sing? No, there's people watching. It's like, what, Same are they, thing. what are they doing when you're dancing? Same thing. So, He's just got more confidence in his dancing than he does in his And I'm telling you, watching him, he should. He he has, it's like his joints aren't locked. He's just jumping all over the place. Not everybody can do that. No. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, people can sway and do their thing, but people that can really get down, that's... Awesome. I, right, I do it to embarrass them, so I dance like you do. embarrassed. You get there and pop and lock for them. <laughs> right, do the robot, ran out of the yeah, robot. Right. My wife can do the Roger Rabbit. We'll do some old school stuff. But they, yeah. they laugh my wife, my wife actually can moonwalk, so she moonwalks in the kitchen, and they're like, "How are they? How are you doing that?" Now? <laughs> <laughs> At least I know who Michael Jackson is. Yeah, you know, yeah. walking still stuff. Yeah, yeah. Michael Jackson, Prince, with all that eighty stuff, Madonna. Who influenced your music? Um, you know, I grew up um, listening to. But my dad and my mom are both very influential on my music, but they both listen to like country and western, mm-hmm. all kinds of music. It's kind of crazy. I think we all do at this point. The accessibility of music is unbelievable. Yes. But what we had when I was growing up was a console that had a TV in it and a record player also in it. Uh-huh. And we had stacks of records. My dad was really into collecting a vinyl. Okay. And so uh, he would let us play vinyl on his console, and there was a microphone in. So my sister and I would sing. I think the first song I sang was Rhinestone Cowboy. So you put like Glenn Campbell on and I'd be singing over it and I'd be go, like a Rhinestone Cowboy and she'd go, down <laughs> yeah. So it was a lot of it was a lot of that, a lot of Creedence Clearwater Revival. My dad was really into Creedence, uh, Beatles, a lot of Beatles, Rolling Stones, uh, a lot of seventies cool stuff, you know. I grew up with the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles were big too. The the album with the skull on it, the bird skull, mm-hmm. that album I remember um, all the time. Victim is victim of not victim of yeah love. victim of love is that the album is, is that the album it's uh, I know which one you have yeah yeah I bought all the tapes mm-hmm. and it's got the skull with the I don't know I just thought it was the coolest album art oh yeah the time let's see um so yeah a lot of vinyl singing over it uh, my aunt but my aunt and uncle who live in San Antonio were really into like Heart and Nugent 
and like, uh, God, what else did we hear down there? It's a lot of hard rock, foreigner, stuff like oh, yeah. that. So I remember we'd go down there, and, and he, my uncle was also into music, really into music. That house was really into music. But San Antonio Home is where I think I really got started. So my aunt gave me my first guitar when I was like seven. Okay. It was a guitar that was in a closet. This is the house they grew up in, you know. Um, and it had like three strings, and she taught me Red River Valley. Red River Valley. Down in the valley. And it was like on three strings. Right. And we were living in Dallas at the time, so the whole way back from San Antonio to Dallas, I was laying on the floorboard of the car, back when you didn't have to sit in seats, <laughs> you know? And I'm down there playing Red River Valley a million times, and um, my parents were, all my, I have a brother and a sister, were all musical. Okay. They never told us to shut up. They never said, <laughs> stop playing that, you know? They were really very supportive of our music. That's and good. part of it, I think, was because we didn't have TV really growing up. We watched mm. Monday Night Football. I remember watching some of the Ali fights. Okay. But we really didn't watch TV. It was all just music. And we had all these instruments in the house. And uh, that's how we all got into it. Yeah, my grandfather uh, taught me. Uh, he used to play. We don't even they'd be drinking. He'd be playing with the screwdriver slide. You know, slide on yeah. the screwdriver. Yeah. And he tried to teach me. Uh, before he died, he taught me, like, the three basic chords, the GCD. And then uh, Wildwood Flower. So oh, I can, yeah. I, can, I, can, I still could never figure that damn thing out. Yeah. I tried it and tried it and it, whatever. I couldn't get it. <laughs> the, the, my aunt tried to do the same thing with Blackbird. By you know the the Wings Paul McCartney song yeah, Blackbird singing in the dead of night. I can sing it, but I can't play it can't on play guitar it. still. Right. <laughs> I don't know it, why. Like, oh, it's so easy to play it. No, it's not. No, it's, it's not. not. And do it. Just went. <laughs> and when you do your music, people think it's easy, but it's not because you no. got to remember everything that you're doing. And if you're like me, you get sidetracked and you're like, hey, squirrel. You know. Well, to that, you know, it's interesting when I before I get on stage, I like to think of nothing. Okay. Because I like to be kind of. Um, I let the, let the songs do their thing. If I think too much about them, they don't have the same sort of soul. Yeah. You know, there needs to be like this pain uh, that that comes out when when I do them. But um, uh, I try to I try not to think about it. A lot of people say, "Oh, I can't believe you can sing and play guitar at the same time." Some people find that difficult. Yeah. For me, it's always been easy. Like and most times, usually it's a guitar line that I put vocals on. It's very rare that I write a vocal melody and then put guitars on it, except for this album. What happened was um, a friend of mine was like, you need to you need to meet a friend of mine's coming in town. She's a songwriter. I was like, wow, okay, yeah, that's cool. And he's like, no, really, you need to come meet her. Uh, it was Rhiannon Giddens from the Carolina Chocolate Drops. Okay. She's a Grammy-winning songwriter, amazing songwriter. Sing with the Chieftains, mm -hmm. plays fiddle, fretless banjo, sings her heart out. <laughs> so I was trying to get an opportunity to talk to her. It was a big table. Finally went down there and, and started talking to her, and I asked her, I said, what was your first instrument? She said, my voice. Yeah. And so uh, that got me thinking, like, that I should start writing more songs versus on vocal melodies. And what she said was, get your phone out. When you hear a vocal line, do that. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these songs were, were written based on vocal, you know, um, melodies. Right. And then I put the guitar on top, which was counter to what I had done before. But that's why, to your earlier question, maybe why I got more percussive on some of these rhythms. It adds a you lot I mean? when you add percussion to the, to yeah, the song. It yeah. changes the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. You so. know, because you can, like we were talking at the beginning about playing with the pick versus playing with your fingers. You can get into some really cool percussive stuff with your fingers. Right. Um, there's this group called the Tatums, and Josh Tatum plays a lot. Of, they almost kind of sound like the Everly Brothers. Him and his wife, Hannah, are amazing. But he pops and snaps when he plays mm -hmm. with his fingers so you can get some pull on it, you know? Yep. And so with the, with the pick, it's more of a straight up and down rhythm, but for me, against some of these melodies, it kind of keeps the time for me. 
Yes. You know what I mean? So I can sit into the, the vocal melody and yes. just sing. Because that's the one thing I'm writing. I, it, when you write, you don't think about the time until you actually sit down with the drum beat. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, oh, wait a minute. I'm way off time. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me tell you, like, uh, Tuesday night I played over at Rock and Taco, and I did it as a kind of a warm-up for this. Uh-huh. But the guys in the truth couldn't just come, so I didn't have the beat and the cajon. I didn't have the backing vocals. And um, it felt like I was missing some of it, mm-hmm. you know? Because when you get the beat behind you, in especially with acoustic music, if it's in a cajon, it's so organic and natural that we were, we've been playing the last couple of nights just hanging out and last night we did that fire pit um, broadcast but uh, it makes it easier if I've got that backbeat behind me yes. you know because I don't have to think about timing at all right or fluctuation of it right. or I'll just follow the foundation especially with your buddies on stage oh, it's, a lot, it's a lot less nerve wracking if yeah, you can do it by yourself you know I, I, I like and that maybe it's getting back to that whole Paris Metro thing I wish I had had the guts back then to step on a train and be like, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, my name's Greg, and I've got some songs for you. Listen up. Right. They're captive audience, so they can't jump out of the train. <laughs> but, but, you know, to do that, to do that is audacious, clever, <laughs> and also super, super witty and crazy. You know, like yes. I, I might, at some point I might try to pull that off, but I have a, an idea to try to go to uh, the Decatur square because they encourage busking down there you okay. go down there and sing all right and try to do like a real busking sort of deal and see how the songs hold and on the street <laughs> you know that'd be a real test i've got some buddies they play at a um mm-hmm. it's called decatur porch mm-hmm. porch whatever it is it's a bunch of people they have like a one like strip of a neighborhood mm-hmm. and everybody's on the porch and they're playing a song yeah and then you just walk the neighborhood back and forth listening i love to people that play. that's cool so i haven't done it yet because the caters a good ways away man this town is really uh organic musically there's a lot of music of yeah. different genres all over the place super accessible a lot of venues like we were saying earlier you can just we'd love to have you sort of deal you yeah. know like it's that's really great for songwriters too cool. what's happening here in this woodstock canton scene is unbelievable the people i've met you know yes that are, that are totally up for it you know i mean just look at the people that are here today i, I like this line was incredible it really is. <laughs> I've been, have you ever played here before? Never. Mm-mm. I've been here a couple times to play, and I'm actually supposed to play next month, but my son's graduating college, so I had to, I had uh, to get off the tabs. Like, oh, Sorry, yeah. David, I can't play. Yeah. You know, I can't, he's only going to graduate once. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> But I love it here because you get people listening to you. You know, you're playing in bars and stuff like that. It's yeah. hard to get their attention. It is, and I don't want to play louder to try to grab that attention. Right. You know, um, what, but also in these listening rooms, I've played in Mad Life several times. I love Mad Life because yeah. I think, first of all, it never feels like, even though that kind of is a songwriter showcase, it's a pseudo competition, mm-hmm. it never feels competitive. Right. Like everybody hanging out in the green room was really cool. And I met some amazing people like Tatum's there. I met Greg Shaddix there. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of really real talent. <laughs> yes. Know, which blows me away. Like you said before, it's also very inspiring. We did a uh, Wednesday. We were actually there for the Undiscovered, my band, and my drummer bailed because he had to do like overtime. I was oh. like, "Damn!" So I, right, we'll play it anyway. We'll do what we can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I like the challenge of that too. Yeah. Like I said, when I did it, uh, I'm not gonna back out of that. I gotta get the song. I gotta do the songs anyhow, right? So yep. let's give it a go. So I, I let my uh, I got a new singer because when I sing, it's like loud and growly. I'm I'm like the drunken church, basically. You know, <laughs> yeah. keep it, try to keep it in time and yeah, keep yeah. it in tune. And then he's got like an old R and B voice. So oh, I do man. like all the writing. He's got like the he turns all. It's funny to take one of my songs and he changes it because when you write a song and you do it yourself, it's like this is your baby. You know, you're you're kind of protective of it. It's like oh, maybe I should sing my own song. Yeah. But I, I kind of gave that away. Let him sing it. Yep. 
completely made my song better because I don't mind Dude. being the writer. Yeah, no, and, and so that was the second thing that Rihanna Giddens said was that she goes, make no mistake, I could not have achieved the success I did by myself. Right. You need to have a songwriter. She goes, all my songs, I've got a songwriter, my partner and I write these songs and, mm-hmm. and that's what happens, but collaborate. That was her second piece of advice, you know? I've heard that a lot. And it is so true and that's kind of what kicked me off behind this, behind just trying to write vocal uh, driven songs yeah. is to start meeting people around here that are into it and that do it the same thing I do every night yep. you know and uh, yeah you can learn a lot from it and it can be a lot of fun it's hard I know what you mean to give stuff away though yeah but actually when I hear him sing versus me yeah. like I'll let you hear something later on just mm-hmm. look up yes ma'am you'll mm-hmm. see him singing mm-hmm. uh, and it completely it's completely it's better I know it's better yeah. so it's like alright there's a couple songs like he can't do the faster hardcore songs that I do that come off the outlaws to the yeah. side yeah. like Hank Jr. stuff and, oh, yeah. and Charlie Daniels but yeah. I've got songs that are fast and in your face and it's like okay well I'll sing those songs you know give yeah. your voice a break and then you can that's sing right. the rest of them that's right I mean that's that's also a break for you you know what I mean, too? Because you can focus on the music. You know? It's easier to play. Yeah. I found it's a lot easier. But what I have found is I don't remember the words of my songs anymore. That is my problem. <laughs> and if you know, I'll admit it to the world. I'm always very honest about this stuff. But I don't have a lot of words. Greg Shaddix, who's playing right now, mm-hmm. has a million words. He's like Woody Guthrie. He is a poet yep. first, you know? Uh, I'm more of a melody sort of guy. Right. But I will forget my words all the time. And I'm guilty of rewriting my words mid song oh yeah you know so that works all right but if you've got people singing backs on you they (laughs) gotta know what you're singing you just gotta kind of keep in the same you know watermelon watermelon zone (laughs) well let's hear you do another song what you want to do for us Uh, let me think what do i want to try here well let's do the other city song as well this one's called baltimore it's still in tune how about that to Baltimore, but sure she knows my name. Cause I ain't never been to Baltimore, but sure she knows my name. Sun comes around, you know I'll still feel the same. Vegas, she got the aces and queens. So I ain't never been to Vegas, but she got the aces and queens. You know I ain't no gambler, and that just ain't my 
I ain't never been to Memphis, home of that southern soul. So I ain't never been to Memphis, the home of that rock and roll. She's a hundred times a cool, just like my Baltimore. Baltimore. You know you're gonna have to push yourself to write like a song about each major city. Yeah, you state. know, so that one is a bit of a misleading song because I've been to Baltimore because I lived in D.C. for a while. Right. I've been there a couple times <laughs> to see the Orioles play. Uh, uh, what's next? Vegas. Been to Vegas many times. Vegas I am not fun. a gambler, so that's true. <laughs> I go there, and I'm. It's one of those towns where you know we live in, Ve- in L.A., so everybody's gonna have their bachelor parties in Vegas. You know, right. You go there, and it's just stupid. But I got like. A 48-hour window in Vegas to where it's, it's sensory overload, you know, with the lights. And, <laughs> yes. You know, you get in the casino and they make it purposely hard so you can't get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yes. And it's just like, you know, there's a lot of drinking and I'll let you stand up late, so that's exhausting. So I'm, I'm not a gambler. I'm not, I never have been. Uh, so I don't gamble, so what am I going to do there? You know, I get free drinks and right. I, I might play Keno, but that's about it, <laughs> you know? Um, but I have never been to Memphis. Really? Oddly enough, and I've always wanted to go, you know, and... Um, Sun Records, all the soul music that came out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the other thing I didn't mention. I did, from my aunt, get a lot of Motown, um, you know, James Brown, Aretha, a lot of that stuff. Just, I love it. I love yeah. it, how organic it is. And for me, the opinion of my American music, you got the blues, you got soul, mm-hmm. you got country music, all that. So we have so many genres that we made up. And they're all very closely related. Right. People try to make them seem like they're in different silos, but with this project, I'm hoping to bring everything a bit closer. And I'd love to be able to do a set where I can do Baltimore next to another song I wrote called Goldmine, which is a little bit more traditional sort of okay. soul music because they fit. Yep. For a singer too, it's interesting because you don't have to sing the same things again. Yeah. But uh, I love that. These songs both kind of have that country, western, folky thing. That feels very natural for me. People that have heard it have said, you know, sounds like the kid that I heard playing in the stairwells in college in the dorms. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's very natural. So, so it, it's good. I mean, I like Thank the you. I like storytelling. Yeah. Songs, you know. Well, you know, that's uh, almost that song is a bit. Baltimore is a bit of a conversation. Right. You're talking to some guy sitting at a bar or something. You know, what is it known for? You know, what do you do there? Uh, it could go on. I mean, yeah. originally it was called Barstow. I've never been to Barstow. But okay. I have been to Barstow. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've never been to Barstow. I've been to Baltimore. I've been to Vegas. I went okay. there on my 40th birthday. Okay. I had a blast. Yeah, uh, it's a cool town, but it's just like, you know what I mean about the overload. Oh, yeah. Well, I had a buddy that worked stage. Uh, he did the lights for the Cirque du Soleil out there. Mm. So he took us to the That's good cool. side of Vegas. And yeah. uh, I had a blast. I mean, he got me like shots and beers. And I was, yeah. by the time I was, I was drunk. Yeah. I had a good time. I was like, this is fun. That's what I wanted to go for was well, to be. You can have a good time. And maybe the part of the problem that I, I don't like is I've always been kind of on the strip mm-hmm. where the madness is happening. Oh, yeah. And it's just mayhem. Yeah. But maybe if I saw a different side of the city, I'm sure the city is interesting. It's yeah. in the desert, so you got to like that. But Oh, yeah. We walked to the we walked to the back side and had an Uber back to the uh, to the hotel because we mm-hmm. stayed at the, um, the Aria. 
and my wife's mm-hmm. like, we're going to go. We're going to stay at a fancy hotel. Oh, yeah, you got it. We're going to stay there. I was like, all right, that's fine. But yeah. you know, don't touch the waters in the refrigerator. Don't move No, anything. don't touch any of that. It's censored. If you yeah, move right. it, they, oh, you got like five seconds They'll to put you. it back before they charge you. It's like a $5 bottle of water because you're parched. You're in the desert. Right. And you've been drinking all day. It's like, give me a bottle of water. I'll do anything for a bottle of water. I played uh, the poker tournament there and actually won. Uh, oh, so you are I came a gambler. Back. Oh, I love it. Yeah. But I know when to quit, though. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I take this amount of money and that's all I do with it. If I don't well, lose it, have that. Yeah. I go back. Right. So where can people find you at, Greg? So, uh, uh Facebook slash Gdrews and the Truth. Uh, pretty much everything is Gdrews and the Truth. Find me on Instagram, Facebook, the dot com. It's got all the information about the album. The album's actually up. It, it was released last Saturday. Um, like I said, I'm super proud of it. Uh, taking seven hours of recorded material yep. and turning it down into eight songs, find the right right takes. You know, and I probably spent two months mixing it, mm-hmm. trying to make it sound as natural as it sounded when we recorded it. So. Um, I would encourage any songwriter to try to, to live track an album because you'll probably evolve your style a little bit. Right. You know, I think the songs changed when I took them in to what they came out as, and I'm happy with the way that they turned out. Well, good. So. And it'll be on like iTunes and all that stuff. You iTunes can... out, uh, yeah. Uh, all stores, basically. All stores. Yep. Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Play, Amazon, everywhere. Do you have any advice for people that are trying to follow what you do, like the musicians, songwriters, if they want to learn? And get to where you're at, where they're selling their stuff. Do you have any advice you could yeah, man. help um, with? Uh, do not uh, put, take all the bridles off of your thoughts. Um, what I do is I try to go into the room without listening to music mm-hmm. and roll tape. Okay. And a lot of times I'll come out with half-written songs because I won't really get into it. But most of the time, almost all these songs, they came out. And I'll one-take, I freestyle a lot of times my vocals. Mm-hmm. And no... You should do that just to marry your vocals with, if you're a singer-songwriter, uh, your vocals with your guitar. Because you can change the words, but you'll get the cadences right. Mm-hmm. Greg Shaggs and I talked about that too. There's a rhythm to it. If you don't do it, then I have a hard time coming back if I track a guitar line and finding words for it. It doesn't sound as organic. Right. But I do them at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I do them people looking at me. Now, I, would, I would say, um, uh, if you've got an idea, go with it. It's mostly we're working in digital, right? So you can toss it if it doesn't work. But I've got so much material. Um, the hard part about that is that you've got to decide what you want to go with and what right. you actually want to invest your time in when you get to an album. But I try to be as prolific as possible and just write, 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 write. And it's like I said, songwriting is kind of a pocket Yeah. music. I mean, you you got to find yeah. the melody. And if you're going to change the melody, then okay, you can't. It's Like I said, with me, when I give him the song, he changes the melody his yeah. way. And it's fine. Yeah. I can't do it that way. No. And I found that I had to change the melody of the song. Something like if I write a really slow song, he starts singing it that way. I'll, I'll speed it up. Yeah, yeah. So. But that's okay. Yeah. I think you can start with a song and how it turns out, just like Barstow, turning into Baltimore. Uh, actually, that song was probably double time originally really? to what you just heard. Okay. It was real fast. Uh, we listened to another take of it the other night, and I go, "Oh, I didn't realize it was a real." Like a waltz kind of thing. Almost. No, like a. Never been to Baltimore, but. Oh, okay. So she knows my name. Yep. Giddy up. You know? <laughs> but I slowed it down because I realized it had a, there was a languid back end to it that was kind of lazy that I wanted to yeah. put in it. So, um, But I don't, um, I, I try not to think too much about what I do when I do it. I, I try not to sound like anything else. What really ends up happening, if you follow that model that I just described, is that you, what you've been listening to recently, because I listen to a ton of music, mm-hmm. is what finds its way in its music. So when I started doing a lot of soul stuff, I was listening to Leon Bridges' Coming Home album. Okay. 
this album I was listening to uh, His Golden Messenger um, and a, a lot of old Waylon Jennings. <laughs> Waylon Jennings has a million albums. I don't know, yes. you know. So I love. I've always loved the way he, his songs sound regal when he and majestic when mm-hmm. he sings them. They they sound caramel and round. And I love the way he delivers the vocal. You know? oh, yeah. So uh, he very influential for me locally. Okay. Early Waylon. Early Waylon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a friend named Waylon in school. Did always, you really? Yeah, always because I was Jesse and Waylon. I think Waylon's wife's oh, name is Jesse. That's funny. And so we'd always get teased. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, no, I've never met anybody named Waylon. That's interesting. Yep, I had, uh, I had actually met two people. One was a friend of mine. Another, I worked with him. Uh, <laughs> the same thing as like Waylon. Like I named my son Wyatt, you know, uh-huh. so that's my oldest one anyway. That's a good name. But all right, well, let's say I guess you got to get ready here soon. So, uh, yeah. like I said, I'd love to talk to you again when you have more time because I have yeah, a feeling we could go, dude, for, two, for hours and stuff. Oh, for sure. And definitely with the fire. Uh, can't think oh man, I'm gonna have to get in. your info. We're gonna have to link up on that because I do want. Originally, I thought it would be like a one-on-one thing, but I think it'd be really neat to get several half-baked songs, maybe yeah. four four songwriters around a pit and just trade songs, and, right. and we'll come up with first, something in the end. Right, first you know, course, first you know, bridge. And then, you know, I love um, Shaddix and I talk about this a lot. Um, when I was a kid, uh, growing up in Texas, the outlaw country scene, everybody sang everybody's music. Right, Willie would sing Waylon songs. Uh, Towns Van Zant was singing, mm-hmm. you know. A Jerry Jeff Walker song or vice versa, you know, that was cool to do. Oh, yeah. And I'd like to see us sharing our songs and playing our stuff, you know. I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I told Greg, uh, he's going to be here in a little bit. I told him that because me and him went <laughs> to the podcast together, yeah. we're going to try to like a, a, do them at the same time. Do like a, he's going to record his, I'm going to record mine, we're going to do it all together. I like that. And uh, he's big on the ghost stories. Oh, and, yeah. He didn't ask me about that. He should have. Uh, I've been ghost hunting a couple times. Uh, but where I'm going to do outside, I've got a gazebo outside of my house. I live out here in Cherokee County in the woods mm-hmm. and the family graveyard to it. So I told him, I said, you want to come out there? If you want to do it, come on. I've got the venue. <laughs> you know, you, you really you want to know about it. I've yeah. got the venue and there's a graveyard right there beside you, dude. All you got to do is come on out and hang out and I play some that. music. Well, he talks. He says he's got all the gear, apparently. Oh, yeah. I've heard so. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about it when he sits down. Don't do that. Don't tell stuff. me because I'll get spooked. <laughs> <laughs> Not a problem. Yeah. All right. So tell them one time, Greg, where everybody can find you at. So um, gdrewsandthetruth.com, Facebook, gdrewsandthetruth. Um, if you want to do gregdrews.com, it'll get you where you need to be. Probably the simplest way. Instagram. Uh, my wife helps me with my social media and, uh, and also have a friend of publicist in LA who's trying to get me doing some articles and stuff like that that's so good, good you should see me yeah I, I'm, I'm same way I'm 41 years old I don't know how to do social media I don't it's either. over well, my head it's weird because I work in a digital um, digital product manager um, so I work in online all the time professionally but uh, I don't know I, I, a part of it is is that I don't feel like I want to be on hey guys look at me right it should be more about the music and the art and so she helps me do that but I realize I, I need also professional yeah. guidance but I'll say this to, to cap it all off I do the songwriting because it's my hobby and my and my love and my passion yep. but if I could do any job in the world I would be a songwriter professional songwriter like I love it and I come up with so many ideas that I love it I would love to have songs out there and make royalties on those songs that would be yes. the coolest thing I mean put me on a cliff and uh, you know central coast of California looking out at the ocean writing a song every day I'd be the happiest guy <laughs> you know he's <laughs> just beautiful you know, so. Like I said, I got that one on the hold. My wife says, as soon as it's sold, we talked about that I would uh, 
because I've got a business too. I own a pest control company. Uh-huh. That's my real job. Yeah. Uh, but we would set aside, and I would open like some kind of publishing company yeah. or a record company and help songwriters get pushed oh, out. Yeah. I mean, because I love music. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just something I've done for my whole my yeah. whole life and I you would pop out of bed to do it every day absolutely so, you know I, would, I, mean? I would have a bed at the office and <laughs> yeah. I would never leave I'm with you I'm with you alright well uh, Greg that's uh, Greg Drews everybody great to have you on man man I appreciate it I you're really an awesome do. guy thank you so much I appreciate it I'd love to do a part two so oh absolutely I'll come back we'll come okay. do that outside one and we'll do oh, everything yeah. and man we won't have a time limit right on, on. I love it alright Greg Drews thank you so Never been to Vegas. She got the aces and queen. So I ain't never been to Vegas, but she got the aces and queen. been to Memphis, home of that southern soul. So 
I ain't never been to Memphis, dog. Home of that rock and roll. Hundred times a cool, just like my sand. 